So Wednesday night I hit a verse, and it was in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 30, that says, there is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. And I was talking about the sovereignty of God and how God's sovereignty and his nature is displayed in the book of Proverbs. And one way it is displayed is in his uh, ordering of creation, that when God created everything, it shows his wisdom and his handiwork. But not only that, that his creation uh, is displayed in wisdom through the ordering of events of creation and in the ordering events of our lives. Now, I believe that God is sovereign without destroying man's responsibility, that we still can make choices, good or bad, right, wrong, evil, righteous. We can still make those choices with, under the canopy of his sovereignty. But I do believe when it's all said and done, in retrospect, is when we fully see the plan of God. We look back and we say, Lord, ah, I see how you ordered events in my life, and you really were in control. Maybe I even did some stupid things, and maybe I made some mistakes, but when it's all said and done, I can look back and say, God, you were in control. It's like Job, you know. Job is here going through these terrible trials, and he's going through all this hardship, and then his friends gather around him, and they're all trying to figure out why he's going through this hardship. And Job doesn't understand why. The three friends bring their reasons why, which are obviously not right. They seem right, and they touch right at points. But in the end, God comes and basically threatens to destroy those friends. And, and he says, my servant Job has spoken nothing against me wrong. And so he says, Job, you better pray for those friends or I'm going to take them out. And so Job prays for his friends and then... Everything is cool, but God gives Job twice what he ever had in the ending. So it's like God was leading him through all this process, and in the end, he got back. He, everything was restored to him that the devil stole. Everything was restored to him. And it just hit me like lightning on Wednesday night that sometimes we can't see the trees for the forest, Sometimes you can't see the way forward for the storm. And at the end of the day, you just have to say, God, you had your way in the whirlwind. You showed up and you lectured me. I didn't lecture you. You came and told me how things work. And in the end, I see it's all about you wanting to restore me and you wanting to increase me and you wanting to take me to the next level. Hallelujah. I don't have to have all the answers. Come on, how many can wave at me and say, you don't have to have all the answers. You just know God has been leading you. You don't have to have all the answers. God's leading you, girl. I could run around this parking lot right now till John Hooten ran me down. I mean, I could like do it, you know. There's another old song we used to sing. After a while, it'll all be over. After a while, the sun's going to shine. After a while, dark clouds will pass over. And we'll shout hallelujah after a while. It's like we don't understand right now, but after a while. 
So where does that leave me? What does it shake out? It just shakes out that I'm left with this. Lord, I'm going to believe. And I'm going to, I'm going to stand firm in what I believe. I believe you and you're leading me through the storm. So that's the word that I have for you for 2022. How many of you can raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm going to believe in 2022. I'm going to still believe God. Let me read you three passages of Scripture, give you nine declarations, and we'll pray. Can you do that in the next few minutes? Absolutely. Bible says in Luke 17, verse 11, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, this is Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Total miracle happened based on Jesus' command. Ten lepers were healed. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus marveled and answered, or he answered rather, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? And were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Because, you know, there was this hatred and enmity between the Jews and the Samaritans. And he said, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Come on, say that with me. My faith has made me well. One more passage, Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if I... If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus returned, or rather turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith that with me. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. One more passage. The book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 46. Now when they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called, Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. So here we go with the story of the ten lepers with the story of the woman with the issue or flow of blood, and with the story of a blind man at Jericho named Bartimaeus, all of them were healed, but when Jesus commended them in the end, he commended their faith, their great faith. So even though God is sovereign and even though God is in control of the affairs of the the world, still yet he gives us room under the canopy of his sovereignty to make choices and to believe or not believe. 
And so when I look at this, they, these guys chose to believe. I will believe. I choose, bless God, to believe. Because I've noticed that um, if you have like a scientific mind or something, or maybe you're just a doubter, you're trained to like question everything. And it's, hey, it's worked for us, right? We've had a lot of great scientific uh, advancements and stuff. But yet when something happens like in the terms of a miracle or something that, that we know God could have done, we look at it and we question, okay, okay, was this of the Lord or has this just happened because it's just coincidental, blah, blah, blah. And we can make a choice right at that moment, unless it's proven otherwise, either way. We can make a choice at that moment to believe or not believe. We can say, Lord, I choose to believe that this was of you, that what you're doing is a complete work of God, or Lord, I choose not to believe. And so years ago, I said, I'm going to make it a practice in my life after evaluating everything. If I really believe God has moved in something and I don't have evidence to the contrary, I'm just going to step over on the believing side and just believe he did it. So I was flying, this is before COVID. I mean, this is before 9-11. <laughs> That's way before COVID. I was doing a wedding in Fayetteville, North Carolina at Fort Bragg Military Base. And after that wedding, I had to, to rush to Raleigh to get to Raleigh to catch a plane to take me to Cincinnati, Ohio. At Cincinnati, the youth department of the Pentecostal Holiness Church was giving me an offering. So I wanted to get there. They were giving me an offering to plant a church in Washington, D.C. We were the ones they chose that year to support. So I was going by myself. I was with my family. They drove me to the airport, and I was late getting there. So I'm ticked off at everybody. But I was probably the biggest reason why. So we get to the airport, and this is before the days of all the heavy security, and this is pre-9-11, right? So I ran to the gate. And when I got to the gate, I looked out at my plane, and they shut the door. And if you've ever been there before, you know they're not opening that door back up. And so I got really, I was like, shoot, Hans, why did you do this? I was so ticked off and talked to the gate agent. They wouldn't open it, so they said, don't worry, we'll change your flight. And I went and sat down. Several hours went by. It's getting like nighttime. And uh, the gate agent comes over to me personally and says, uh, Mr. Hess, your plane's here. I thought, okay. No announcement made. They just came and told me, your plane's here. I walked down the jetway and walked onto a full-blown huge airliner, and I was the only passenger. I was the only passenger. And I sat down, and the guy said, sit wherever you want to. And so I sat in the front. He said, could I make you a pot of coffee? I said, sure, man. He puts on a pot of coffee. The captain comes across, you know, the intercom and says, um, ladies and gentlemen, or I should say, sir, And we go, we fly to Cincinnati and I get off and, uh, you know, I don't know what was going on. I guess they had to get that plane to Cincinnati to return it so it could do its work the next day. 
But I told my mother-in-law about this. She said, Hans, God sent that plane for you that night. Don't care how God had to do it. He sent that plane for you. I told it to my friend Doug Eccles. Doug said, dude, I'd be preaching that. That'd be one of my big examples. So whatever happened, I said, okay, I'm going to choose, because I was thinking, you know, they just sent it back, blah, 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 blah. I said, forget about it. I don't even understand all the airlines. I'm going to choose to believe that God sent that plane for me, even if I was the only man on it. And that crew had to come pick me up to take me to Cincinnati to get to that meeting. Hallelujah. Well, look at your neighbor and say, choose to live on the believing side. So how about let's go into 2022 and choose to live on the believing side. How about that? We're going to choose to live. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith is going to open doors. Your faith is going to move mountains. Your faith is going to walk you into the next season. My friend Kent Christmas has preached something for years. I heard him preach it recently. And I heard him years ago preach this thing here, that that faith takes you into a season that you're not ready for yet. That faith somehow transports you into something that maybe you weren't supposed to get into yet. Oh, hallelujah. So let me give you nine declarations. These are super simple. This is like Dr. Seuss. This is super simple, okay? Here we go. Number one, I am important in God. Come on, say it with me. I am important in God. Okay, let's, let's say it on this side of the room. I am important in God. Bible says in 1 Peter 2, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So it says that we are chosen, we are royalty, we are special, we are the people of God, and maybe sometimes you feel unimportant, you feel unworthy, you feel like you have no place at the table. I felt like that thousands of times in my life, I guess, but I've learned a little something, and that is God has given me an anointing that's not going to take a back seat. That God has given me something, and regardless of who Hans is, and regardless of what I know or don't know, or how strong I am, or how strong I'm not, or how whatever I am, all I know is God's placed an anointing in me, and He's called me His own. He's called me out of darkness into His marvelous light. I have a work to do. I will fulfill His work while I'm here on earth. Come on, is anybody hear me in here today? And don't, don't, don't worry, you are important in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You're different than everyone else. You have a gift mix and you have a personality and you have a history. You have spiritual gift mix that's different than everyone else. And we need to hear you. We don't need to hear another T.D. Jakes. We got him. We don't need to hear another Rick Warren or whoever. We got them. We don't need another Jensen Franklin. We got him. We need you. Hallelujah. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, God needs you. You are important in the kingdom. So we leave pity party in 2021. Well, number two, say it with me. I am not condemned. 
The word condemn comes from the word damn, damnation, damning. And to damn means to sentence someone to, in theological terms, to sentence someone to eternal punishment. So to be condemned, you have a stamp on you. The judgment gavel has fallen. The, the judge has declared you're guilty from eternity on. And that was our lot in life. I was guilty without a way out. I was condemned and my eternal destiny was set for hell. Hell wasn't created for me. It was created for the devil and his angels. But I was choosing to go that way. And then comes Romans 7 and 8. And I don't know, this is my own way. I've taught through Romans. I've worked through it. This is my own understanding of it. There are two ways of understanding Romans 7. One is it's Paul as a Christian person struggling with the flesh. What I want to do, I don't do, and I can't do. And when I go to do good, evil is present with me. I'm sold a slave under sin. I don't believe it's Paul as a Christian. I believe it's Paul under the law. If you read the context, it's really Paul under the law, and he couldn't find freedom under the law. And so Paul is wrestling. This is the way I see it. Theologians disagree with me sometimes. You can too. But then if you look at the literary ebb and flow of it, there's a crescendo that this text comes to. When Paul says, I'm sold as a slave under sin. When I go to do good, evil's present with me. What I want to do, I don't have the desire to do it or however he words it. Then it comes to a crescendo at Romans 8.1 and he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. To those who are in Christ Jesus, who do, not, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I think he's a man who's been brought out from under the, the demands and the weight and the judgment of the law. And now he's been brought into the freedom of Christ. And as a person now in Christ, there is no more judgment on him. That the law brought. All of that yoke has now been broken off of his neck. And now he is free now to live the life that God has enabled him now to live. Hell is no longer his destiny. The law can no longer condemn him. He's gone to a higher law. That's the law of grace and mercy. And now grace has come running to him, and now he's completely free. Hallelujah. So let's, let's just apply it straight and directly to our lives. We once were under the judgment of hell. We were under the judgment that sin brings. But now you and I have come to Christ. And now we've been set completely free. And now that stamp of judgment that used to be on me has now been taken off. And now I'm free to run wide open. And now I can do the will of God because the Spirit now, not the law, but the Spirit empowers me to do the will of God. Can somebody shout amen? amen. So do we still have condemnation? Condemnation will try to come on us. You're not, you're not worthy. You're going to make it. God's not forgiving you. You're going to hell. Everybody hates you. Blah, 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 blah. And, and really, I see one of three sources this can come from. Number one, it comes from ourself, that we're condemning ourselves 
that our mind's been trained in that negative pattern and we're just heaping condemnation on ourselves. Or number two, it's coming from people who need to shut up, but they're bringing condemnation on us. Or number three, it's coming from the devil and his hordes. So, so how do we deal with these? So number one, if it's coming from you, retrain your mind. Romans 12.1, learn that you're no longer under condemnation and stop that self-talk. Number two, if it's people, some people you just need to stop listening to. Number three, if it's the devil, just remind him of Calvary. And when he reminds you of your past, remind him of his future in Revelation where it says he'll be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. I am clean. I am free. I am not forg- I am, I am forgiven. I am not condemned. I've been let out of jail. I've got a free pass. Now I can go and now I can do everything that God has called me to do. This is who I will be in 2022. Come on, shout it out. This is what I'm going to be. A person not under judgment, not under condemnation, but free to complete and do the will of God. Give him a shout. Hallelujah. Seven more. KFC's still going to be open. Number three, this is so simple. This is Dr. Seuss. This is kindergarten. Say it out with me. I am forgiven. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess, if we confess, if there's a condition, if we confess our sins, if we confess. I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but I want to ask you how many of you have confessed your sins before the Lord. If you have, if you have, He then is faithful. If you have, He is faithful, and He's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's some of you in here today who think you haven't been forgiven. You did something so egregious. You did something so terrible that you don't think you can have any forgiveness from. Believe me, I've met you. Through the years as a pastor, I've had people come. You know, I knew a guy one time who was an evangelist, and he started pastoring. And he said, my word, people came in, and they started count- I started telling me all their problems, and I'm like, and you're saved? He said he was blown away. I don't know why I said that. Maybe I'll just contextualize what I'm saying. But first of all, let's deal with the macro. We're not a church of perfect people. We're a church of people striving for perfection. But we are a church of forgiven people. That's what unites us together. Not our perfections, but really our forgiveness. And, and, and number two, he can forgive all kinds of sin. And I guarantee you some of those things you've worried about, has God actually forgiven? I guarantee you if we could play on the big screens a rehash of everyone's life in here this morning, and how many would not appreciate that? I guarantee you there would be some stuff come out that would make you blush and not feel so bad. Why? Because God has come and he's taken his brush. And he's washed away and painted away all of our sins. And now he's whitewashed them to where they're all clean now. The slate has been washed away. And now all the sins have not only been forgiven, they've been forgotten. It's you and I that go back with the fishing pole. I'm trying to remember 
That terrible thing I did in 85. Well, God doesn't remember it. Why are you fishing for it? People remember it. The devil remembers it. You remember it. But God doesn't remember it. Come on, shout it out with me. I am forgiven. Done deal. Number four, God is with me always. Say it with me. God is with me always. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will be with you every few hours. I will be with you once in a while. I'll visit. No, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you. Therefore, we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Why can I say that? Because he's always by my side. He's always walking with me. Sometimes, you know, there's a positive and a negative to that. First of all, is the positive. God is with me. He's encouraging me. He's fighting my battles for me. He's showing up strong on my behalf. There's no place that I go that he isn't present with me. I've been in foreign countries by myself. I've traveled to Asia by myself, West Africa by myself, Eastern Europe by myself. I've been in the streets that I couldn't believe I was on later. Some of the worst streets in the whole South America I've been preaching on. Been in the jungles by on and on and on. At least God went with me. And he's always with me. But there's a negative to it either. Also, that means that if God is with me always, I better watch where I go and watch what I bring him into. Because you can't drag the anointing just through any place and anything. Number five, say it with me. God understands me even when others do not. Psalm 139, O Lord, you have searched my heart and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word of my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. This is not an excuse to do bad. This is not an excuse to be a jerk. But God did create your personality. And he knows everything about you. And he knows the way you tick and the way you work even when your husband or wife doesn't. He knows all about you. And if no one else can understand you in 2022, God can understand you. And you can take it to him in prayer. Can someone shout amen? Amen. Number six. Say it with me. God's grace grace is bigger than anything I will ever face. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities. This blows my mind. It's, I can't wrap my head around it, really. Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, and persecutions, and distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. He's saying that in the worst of times, he had been beaten, he had been shipwrecked, he had been left for dead, he had been in prison. When I, even in my worst of times, I realized the strength of Christ came out in me most when I went through those difficult times. So it's like there's nothing the world can throw at you. 
There's nothing life can throw at you that's bigger than that, than that is bigger than the grace of God. There is nothing that can be thrown at you that God's grace can't handle and overcome. You say, yeah, but you don't know my story. Well, I, 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 hey, I feel for you and I empathize with you, but I do know Scripture and I know the Bible and whatever your story is, you can come through it and you can get over it because God's grace is absolutely unfathomable. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be standing here had it not been for the grace of God and the things I've been through. How many can wave at me and say, you wouldn't be here either had it not been for the grace of God pulling you through and now that we've come through, we can say on the other side of the storm, I see God, how you led me, how you brought me through. And I saw at points when I wasn't weak enough to stand, you came and you gave me strength. And by your grace, I'm here. By your grace, I'm making it. Hallelujah, somebody. And I'm going to be like Zerubbabel. I'm going to come with the capstone of this thing. I'm going to end this race crying grace, 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 the favor of God. God brought me here and the favor of God finishes this thing for me. Come on, shout it out again. God's grace is bigger than anything I will ever face. Number seven. Hebrews 4 says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come on, say it with me. God always welcomes me in his throne room. 2022, I choose to believe God always will welcome me into his throne room. So years ago, I moved to Washington, D.C., and just my wife and I and my kids were staying with the grandparents, so we had just worked for several days moving stuff in a house that we had rented in. And we, uh, I think we slept on a mattress we just put on the floor, you know, kind of deal. And uh, we're sitting there, and we turn the TV on. And they're getting ready to have the inauguration of George W. Bush, the, the first, his first term. And we're like, why are we not there? Let's go. So we went and hopped in a vehicle, just ran, didn't know what we were doing, ran downtown, and got out, and the parade was beginning. And so, you know, Jackie was like a daredevil. So she like just went and jumped the barricades. And she's like, come on, Hans. And I'm like, I'm not that much of a daredevil. And I'm thinking about all the consequences and what could go wrong. Well, I I got burned for it. So I finally jumped the barricade and the Secret Service caught me. And the Secret Service was like, what are you doing? You can't do this. And then Jackie comes up and starts arguing with the Secret Service. But we're here to see the president. He said, lady, everybody wants to see the president. Get back over the barricades. So we got back over the barricades and watched from afar the whole parade. I don't know if we saw anything. We saw a lot of motion. I don't know if we saw anyone, like, important. And I've been to the White House a, a gazillion times. I've been there on a couple tours, but I've been just mostly taking people and standing outside the bars. And you can't get access in there. I could. What would it take for me to get access in the White House right now? It would take a lot for me to have access there, right? It would take like uh, 
something huge. I've been to uh, Buckingham Palace in London. And, and guess what I did there? I stood outside the gates and looked at it all. <laughs> but I have an open door, an open invitation, and a red carpet welcome into the throne room of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That any day I approach Him in prayer, any day that I soak myself in worship, heaven's gates open up. And then He says, not only do you have access, but He says, when you come, come boldly. Don't don't hold back, but come and make your petitions and requests known and ask what you will. You know, I'm going to tell you this. I've never said this. In the Spirit, many times I've prayed, and the Lord has led me to a passage of Scripture. He's given me chapter, uh, chapter, verse, and book on it, and I've gone to it. And numerous times I've gone to this in prayer, and it's when, I know it's a negative example, but it's when uh, Herod, uh, the, the, his wife's daughter is dancing in front of him. I know it's negative, but he says, ask and I'll give you up to half the kingdom. And I've had the Lord take me there in prayer before, numerous times. And I think he's saying, Hans, ask and I'll give you up to half the kingdom. Ask and I'll give you, I think that's the word to all of us. Ask, ask what you will and I'll give you the kingdom. It's yours. I always have a welcome when I enter into the throne room of God. Two more. Number eight. Come on, say it with me. The Holy Spirit is with me and guiding me. John 16, 13. However, Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So even though we don't realize it sometimes, even though it doesn't seem obvious the Holy Spirit is living in us and guiding us. His job is, part of His job, is guidance. So He's leading and He's guiding and He's nudging and He's opening and He's closing and He's connecting and He's doing all that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And we may sit here and think, well, yeah, but I haven't felt chill bumps in four months in prayer. Well, this thing isn't about feelings, it's about faith. I choose to believe that He is guiding me. And even when I'm, I'm, you struggle with decisions and you're struggling, is this the right thing, is it the wrong thing? You've asked counsel and all that. But at the end of the day, you have to just take it to prayer and say, Lord, I lay myself before you now. trust the voice of the Holy Spirit to guide me and to lead me. And God, I believe you are doing that very thing. And I believe in 2022, I will be led of the Holy Spirit. I believe in 2022, Fountain of Life will be led of the Holy Spirit. I believe in 2022, we're going to accomplish what God has established for us to accomplish. One more thing. Come on, shout it out with me. God is taking care of me. Come on, say it again. God is taking care of me. Look at your neighbor and say, God is taking care of you. Jesus said in the book of Luke, chapter 12, you should know this well if you've been in church. He said, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food. The body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. 
of how much more valuable are you than the birds? And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the grave, how much more will He clothe you? Do not seek what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added to you. I choose to believe that in 2022, God's going to take care of Hans Hess. I choose to believe that in 2022, God's going to take care of Fountain of Life Church. I choose to believe in 2022, God's going to take care of my family. Sure, I got to listen. Sure, I got to pray. Sure, I got to do some work. Sure, I got to make some right decisions. Come on, how many can lift your hands up and say, I choose to believe that in 2022, God's going to take care of me. Because if you listen to the news and listen to the media all the time, it's always based on an issue of fear or an issue of anxiety that they're trying to shove down our throats and trying to back us into a corner of fear, whether it's war, whether it's a COVID, whether it's uh, financial markets, whether it's whatever it is. And I'm not saying those things don't exist and we shouldn't think through them or use our brains. What I am saying is I refuse to be put in a corner of fear and trepidation and trembling because of them because my God is bigger than anything that can be thrown at me and I'm going to make it hallelujah I made it this far he hasn't brought me this far to let me go I'm going to make it the rest of the way he has laid out for me come on somebody shout hallelujah come on just shout it out I believe I believe Every man and woman of God in Scripture who did great things had to believe God. Think about Abraham. Abraham was called out of the Ur of the Chaldees. Later he was called out of Haran down to the Promised Land. All he had to do was believe God. He believed God for a city whose builder and maker was God. He believed God for a land he had never seen. He believed God for a son that he couldn't have. He believed God for a family that did not was not in existence. And he believed God all the way. You think about Moses, how Moses went down to Egypt and he believed God that he would fulfill his word. And Moses went against the hordes of Pharaoh, against all of his armies, all of his wealth and all of his power with only a shepherd's staff, a stammering tongue and his brother by his side. Joshua believed God could give him the city of Jericho even though it was a crazy battle plan. Go to the city. March around it for seven days. On the seventh day, march around it seven times. Blow the shofars and let the reign of God come and the kingdom of God come and do something you aren't able to do. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Jehoshaphat believed the word of the Lord through a prophet named Jehaziel who said don't be afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but the battle is God's put the singers out on the front line put the worshipers out on the front and when you go into battle worship him in the spirit of holiness and what did they do they went into battle just like that and God confounded the enemies and gave them a great harvest why because they all believed come on how many believers do I have in this church this morning 
Oh, come on, stand on your feet if you're a believer here. Hallelujah. You think about Naaman who was a leper. He had to believe what Elisha said. Go to the river Jordan and dip seven times and you'll be made whole. And he did. And he was. Think about in the Bible the examples we read. The woman with the issue of blood. She had to believe. She had to believe. When she saw Jesus going by, she said, If I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be made whole. And so she threw away social convention. She threw away the rabbinic tradition and she pressed and she moved and she crawled until she got her miracle because she believed come on somebody how many believers do I have in the house this morning give me a wave no matter what CNN says I'm going to believe no matter what MSNBC says I'm going to believe no matter what Fox News says, I'm believing. No matter what my family says, I'm going to believe. No matter what the naysayers say, I'm going to believe. Come on, we put ourselves out on social media greater this year than we ever have before. I've been called a Jesus nut. I've been called an idiot. I've had to delete so many comments because they show preaching like this. But I don't care. I'm still going to preach the gospel. And because I believe God's called me to this. And God's going to do what He's going to do. And God's going to save some folk. Come Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, how many can wave and say, I believe I'm going to fulfill what God has called me to do. We should sing a song, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You know, it don't take a whole lot. Just use what you got. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Come on, sing it. Faith, faith, faith. It's all it takes. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Oh, it don't take a whole lot. Just use what you got. Faith, faith, faith. You think about it. He said if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, the smallest thing he could think of. Then he said, you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. Hallelujah. He didn't say it took financial power. It took education. It took hard work. He said it took the mustard seed size faith. Come on, how many can say I at least got that much pastor? Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Oh, it don't take a whole lot. Just use what you got. Come on, look at your neighbor. Say love, love, love. It's just a little bit of love. Love, 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 just a little bit of love. Just use what you got. Love, love, love. Just a little bit of love. Come on, just the voices. We sing faith, faith. That's all God is asking. We sing faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. It don't take, it don't take a whole lot. Just use what you got. 
on everybody that will to come to the altar this morning. Come on, everybody that will. Come on, just press in here. We're going to pray this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody that will, just find a place here. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're going to pray together, folks. Singing faith, faith, faith. It's just a little bit of faith. Faith, faith, faith. You know, it don't take a whole lot. Just use what you got. Come on in, guys. Love, love, love. It's just a little bit of love. Oh, love, love, love. It don't take a whole lot. Just use what you got. Love, love, love. Come on, let's raise our hands. Father, right now we pray. As we leave 2021 behind us and enter into 2022, God, we pray right now that you just open up doors of favor for everyone in this church. And God, I thank you for new seasons coming. I thank you for fulfillment of prophetic words, God. I thank you for a fulfillment of prayers that's been prayed. I pray for individuals. I pray for families right now in Jesus' name. And we just declare your favor and your best over them right now. For those who've even talked to me this morning about moving and God's relocating them, Father, I pray that you lead them, that you guide them, God, that you watch over their steps, God, that you just minister to them in every way in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that the next season's going to be better. That the next season's going to be better in Jesus' name. Next season's going to be better in Jesus' name. Next season's going to be better. Come on, pray that in right now. The next season is going to be better in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I see you like on a turnstile, and the Lord's turning it, and it's opening up on the other side to daylight. There's a new season coming. You look forward to it. Some great things are going to happen to you, my sister. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah, Lord. We call in the new season in Jesus' name. We call in the new season right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody praying with me right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the new season coming. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God's brought you out, my sister. He's brought you out since you Oh, God, we give you praise right now. We give you praise. I love you. I love you. Bless you. Bless you. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we thank you for this new season coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for a new season coming right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, everybody praying. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, everybody praying. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 God, we bless you. Lord, we bless you right now, God. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we honor you. We bless you right now, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We say faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. 
faith, faith. Come on. It don't take a whole lot. Just use what you got. Faith, faith, faith. Come on, some of y'all believe in God for some great things in 2022. Why don't we just go ahead and raise our hands right now and just call those things in. Just believe them. Ask for them in prayer right now. Ask for them in this open heaven environment right now. In the name of Jesus. God, we just thank you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God, we thank you right now. We thank you right now. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us online. And I hope the message was a real blessing to you. You know, eternity is a real thing. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. According to the scriptures, you spend eternity in one of two places. First of all, heaven. Paul said to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Or number two, in hell. Uh, Jesus talked about the rich man who went to hell and was in great torment. And he was begging Abraham to send someone, a messenger, to tell his family. Well, listen. You're hearing the message today, eternity is real, and you're going to spend it in one of two places. So why don't let's decide right now, me and you, that you're going to spend it in heaven. How do you do that? You accept Jesus into your heart. Open up your heart and say, Lord, come in. Cleanse me of all sin. I accept you as my Lord and take the throne of my life as yours. Okay? So let's pray right now. Just pray with me right where you are. Just repeat this. Father in heaven. I, I remove myself from the throne of my heart. And Jesus, I invite you to sit on the throne of my heart. Forgive me of all sin. Wash me in your precious blood. And I accept your sacrifice for me. And I thank you, Lord, for cleansing me, for saving me, and for accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray. Can you say amen right where you're at? Hey, thank you for joining us. And please come back, get in, get in the Word, get in the flow of the Spirit. And uh, we're just blessed to have you with us and look forward to seeing you the next time.